Spencer Scott Holmes here, and welcome to the show. Today, I got super special guest, Jade Louder. He makes a comic, It's a Horror Show, and we're going to talk all about that in a moment, plus all the fun things of just indie comic creations in general. But first, I just want to say, I got Pizza Boys 14 pretty much done and ready. By the time this episode's up, it should pretty much be just about at least up on Amazon. Kindle slash Comixology prints will come later down the line. But, you know, hey, if anything, check it out right there. Get, get the digital dip in first and so on like that. Enjoy the book. It's on Kindle Unlimited, Comixology Unlimited. If you got any of those things set and ready to go. I mean, we got Kung Fu Good Times coming ahead. If you like that 80s, 90s era of American-made martial arts things, well, that's like the theme to this whole book in fun slice-of-life humor style, sitcom glory, the new Peace boys it's gonna be a fun fun romp can't say that more go to oldmanorange.com that's where you'll check out more stuff getting these podcasts kind of rolling getting some guests in someone like that plus beyond that there's always old man orange podcast and via vhs we're going down all sorts of uh classic roads of all these old movies slash doing some kind of commercial stuff comic book stuff there's a lot of fun things going on but yeah Let's jump onto the show. Let's get to the interview part. Got Jade here. We just have a fun old time. You know, met him over at one of the Comic Cons and uh, just connected right off the bat. So uh, let's jump on in. First, right, whatever, you know, kind of a thing. And uh, uh, and then eventually it's time to just like, okay, send it, you know. <laughs> done. I can, I can only do this so many times, you know. Gosh, I know. that. That's always the key thing is... The worst part too is like, yeah, there's a certain point where you just got to, you know, you just can't almost even look at it anymore. And it's funny because then you'll come back to it like two years later and then you'll go, oh my gosh, has that been there the whole time like that? Why has nobody said anything? Yeah. And I mean, it's even worse sometimes when you're working with like a a partner and they don't notice it either. And you're like, how did, how did nobody, (laughs) nobody saw this? Uh, Yeah, for sure. No, when it comes to those checks, like uh, the thing that I've been doing l- lately on Pizza Boys is I do, but like by the time I finish an issue, I've been sending it out to like 15 plus people or so to kind of read it over and give me the extra A-OK. And the thing that I really learned about that is I remember sending it out to about 15 people the first time I tried that. And nobody came back with the same error twice <laughs> so that goes to show how much stuff gets goes over people's heads so it's almost like that's where i feel like it's more important to have actually a lot more people look at it knowing that mm. so, you know some people aren't going to notice things as much as others but at least hopefully that kind of gets it where it's pretty darn okay we saw a mixed match of people looking at it and hopefully somebody kind of caught it and those things that a lot of times it's those other ones where if nobody saw it i guess in 15 plus extra reads that uh, probably the average person's not going to catch it their first time around at least <laughs> no for sure and i think too that as creators you will always be the ones that are the most kind of critical about that kind mm. of stuff like you'll you'll look back at it because I know I've I've put out stuff and people are like no this looks fine I'm like y- you don't understand you don't you <laughs> it's it's it, like I know where the problems are in this and and maybe you're you're missing it and stuff like that and uh, uh, and and I know that like when you're just too close to it sometimes you lack that perspective to just be like no it is it is indeed good enough it this is indeed fine. I don't need to be as critical as I'm being about this particular, you know, uh, uh, drawing or lettering or whatever the case may be, you know? 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that that's a very important skill to have is the know when to kind of go, okay, it's good enough. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, let, let's carry on. Like, should I fret over this forever or should I just start working on a brand new project, you know, at the end of the day? Like, it, there just comes a point where you go, oh, you know what? It's good enough. You know, it's like when it comes to the artwork, I have a thing where I call it the 90% rule. It's just going to be about 90% good. Once it's at the 90%, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not redrawing anything like that. It's good to go. You know, the, next panel next panel like or else i feel like yeah. you watch those people where like they, they, they try to get 100 percent and they do the thing where they write a comic and they get about like one third of the way through and they're like no nah, I, I need to erase this and start from beginning again and it's like no 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 keep going no, at least yeah, you yeah know? that's how you, you you set yourself up to like never finish anything you know and i think that sometimes that that's the it can be the the bad part about digital and how many times you can like you know you can do different edits and like, oh, I can move that around and I can move this around and I can make this bigger and this little or, and you know, so on and so forth. And you can edit and edit and edit and edit. And then the heart of what that thing was gets lost somewhere. And, it, and it's like, you've, okay, you've overworked this to the point of like, it doesn't mean anything anymore. And this, this drawing, it's lost that, that spark, you know, it, it's kind of like I have, I have this, this friend who will do, you know, different levels of layouts and we'll do, you know, his, his roughs might be really finessed if he's working for, for uh, someone who wants to see it like a lot more finished uh, so they get a sense of like how things are going to work together or, you know, he will work sometimes where it's really, really loose. And he said that when you do the really tight layouts before you get to the finals, the problem is, is like that the drawing is almost dead. It, like the life is gone because the life was in those initial layouts that got tighter um, and when you get to the final, it's just like, they're just kind of like, they don't have that same spark as the first time you draw them. And I think that's something you can kind of see when, when you watch people draw digitally and then they edit and edit and edit. And then it's like, it's done now. It's, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, well, I understand that. Even sometimes too, it's like, you know, every once in a while when you have like the sketch and then you go to ink it, but then you feel like the sketch almost looks sometimes better than the ink. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> You're like, well, this one's like, man, I, I almost smoothed it out too much in the process. It lost a little bit of its edge. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that something that happens all the time. And I, you know, I, I think that there's different ways to like try and combat it. But sometimes I think it's just, it's kind of the nature of the beast, you know, of like, if you want it to be perfect, it, it's going to lose a little bit of that edge because uh, it's just, it's not that rough sketch, you know, like if you're cool with the rough sketch and I know some, some dudes totally are when they get to drawing pages, they feel like rough sketches, but I, I, I don't know. I think that like you get to a certain level and you just got to be okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think like, that's, All right, well. You know, yeah. Just, you just, you just kind of give it some feeling and yeah, as I said, don't worry too much. I, I think that as I said that 90% rule, I've kind of utilized that for the longest time of like, you know, there, because that last 10%, you'll spend way more time trying to get that accomplished than that whole previous 90%, which is really all anybody's looking at anyways. You know I mean? Totally. That last 10% is like the one that you might notice that. But everybody else is going to be, it's kind of like when you read a comic and like you kind of realize how fast you sort of read over a panel. You don't think about it, but if you stop to go like you time yourself when you look at it, you go, I look at that panel for like three to four seconds, maybe, you know, give or yeah. take on how much dialogue's in there and so on like mm -hmm. that. I remember I, as a kid, I thought about that after a while when I was just reading through a bunch of like Spider-Man books or something like that. I'm like, maybe I need to slow down a little bit because I feel like, <laughs> like, like 
am I even really seeing the artwork or is it sort of flashing in sort of the background, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to speed it down a little bit. No more like don't speed read these things. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I also think it's like, it it sometimes is dependent on the artist to like the speed in which you read it, you know, like to use Spider-Man as an example on some of like the Marvel and DC guys, right? Like you read those, books and it's like did i look at anything in this book like i know the story like i remember the story but like i go back and like what the hell even happened and uh and i think that some of those books are almost designed to just be read like that just like boom 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 and not necessarily spend super time and then you get to like some some dudes and and you see their artwork and you're like oh my god i just have to spend Mm-hmm. You know, as long as it takes to look at this page, because this is so amazingly drawn or, or whatever. And and then you slow down and then you realize, like, oh, man, the, the pace in which I read different books is 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 kind of is kind of radical. You know, like I think there are artists that I, I totally take my time and it, it's like very slow. And I'm looking at each page. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is incredible. And then and then I almost have to, like, read it again because I'm like, yeah, I don't think I read it. I think I was just looking <laughs> Well, I know that's that's how I kind of got to the point where it's like where I'll, I'll read it and then I make sure I look at the art and then I go to the next panel. Like there's like there's kind of yeah. like beats to everything to really take mm-hmm. it all in. I think that's always been kind of the way. It's like just slow it down and there, there you go and so on like that, you know, and uh, absorb everything. Totally, totally, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I know we just sort of got this podcast rolling, but Jay Louder here. I just wanted to say we met over at the. Um, at the comics verse comic-con by impound comics in sacramento about oh a couple months ago by now i'm mm-hmm. not, you know how they all roll together and so on like that you know but um it actually kind of amazed because when i was like hey you know we do a podcast you're like oh yeah by the way i'm also mountain time i'm like oh really you've actually traveled <laughs> farther than i did to a comic-con because like for yeah. the longest time like i always go to the sacramento ones everybody thought i lived in sacramento i'm like no i just drive two hours and 40 minutes to get here every single time mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I took a uh, like a six-hour plane <laughs> trip to get to, you know, I'm up, I'm up here in Montana, um, and so Sacramento, that that Comicverse Con was actually my first con as uh, behind the table. You know, I've gone, I've gone to a couple as a fan, and then that was my first to actually get it, like doing the the whole tabling experience, and it seemed like a good one to kind of like, uh, um, kind of cut my teeth on it seemed like a kind of a smaller con a lot more like indie guys that were there instead of you know just being all these big hitters that you kind of see in, in other cons and i was like i think this will be a good one to just kind of try it out see how see how it goes and if i make mistakes it's not like <laughs> you know it's, it's 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 okay and i can i can kind of edit for the next one you know yeah, no, that probably was about, you probably could have timed that better as being like a perfect, like one right size. There was a crap ton of like indie guys there, which a lot of times that doesn't always happen at certain conventions. Because I've been to some where I kind of go, oh, I'm the only person selling, you know, his own comp book, you know. I mean, there might be some like, you know, back issue guys. But beyond mm-hmm. that, you know, it's and it's kind of a weird when you're in places. It's called a Comic-Con, but there's less than 10% of things are actually comic books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird moment. You walk in and, and like there's it's a lot of like anime or or toy stuff, which I mean you know they, they have their place in in, the, in that kind of a, a um, arena and whatever whatever. But yeah, when it when it's like the title is Comic Con, I'm like I, it, it sets an expectation, you know. And then you go in and, and there's not a whole lot of comic people there. It's it's like this okay, 
Mm-hmm. weird but all right you know <laughs> i know that that's always been kind of the bummer to some of the slightly bigger ones is that i just know is every you know in the last like i don't know maybe eight years or so i noticed that the comic books progressively get smaller and smaller and smaller and everything else the television mm-hmm. you know the games and all that other stuff and there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff but it, it, what is the title of the place Let, let's let, let's go back to the beginning like if, is this television con is this video yeah. game con you know it's like no i thought it was comic con i thought that's what it said outside <laughs> am i wrong did i walk into the wrong one <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, i i feel like in the in the future, I don't know if that's just going to always be the way that it, it's it's going, or or whatever. Because I know that like um, you know Marvel and DC have started to like back off from having such a big heavy presence at a lot of comic conventions. Um, mm-hmm. I'm signed up to go to uh, Baltimore Comic Con in like oh, two weeks. Cool. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, but I was like looking at who was going to be you know like vendors and who's the exhibitors and stuff like that. And um, I can't remember. I think it was. Uh, um, I think Marvel's going to be there, but DC doesn't have like a booth set up. Yeah. And I found that just totally weird. I was like, really? That's just. Or maybe it's the other way around. It's one of the one of the big. Two yeah, one, one of the others not there. <laughs> and it feels it feels weird. It's like okay, but this was like your baby. These you know these comic cons, and they're stepping back, and it's 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 kind of weird. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that says about the future of cons and, and the future of the industry if if the big two are kind of stepping back from that stuff. But maybe it just means that like, hey, little guys like us, you know, the indie creators, we're gonna get more of that center stage. And I I don't think that's a bad thing at all. You know? No, that, that that's not a bad one. I my only kind of sometimes my issue has been the last couple of years of some of the conventions is they cram so much different stuff in there. And I go like this. That's great for the guy selling tickets at the front door. The more things you shove in there, even better. Mm-hmm. But you kind of the the one thing I've kind of learned when it comes to selling books is that I feel like there's two types of people. There's people that read and people that don't read. And generally, yeah. if somebody doesn't read, it's like the equivalent of trying to sell someone a car who doesn't drive. Like, what are they <laughs> going to do with it? You know, and yeah. they might like the way it looks. It go on. Oh, that's a got a, a cool looking paint job. It looks flashy and everything like that. But you know, at the end of the day, if they're not going to read, they're not going to read. And I think that's sometimes kind of the downfall is like they get these comic cons mm. and they sort of just they advertise them so maybe not like broadly, but like it, it kind of just gets everybody out of the woodworks to show up. And there's a yeah. lot of those, like, I kind of hate to sort of say it, but lollygaggers, they come in like, I had $5 in my pocket again in the front door. I don't plan on spending a dime more. I'm just going to come yeah. take a look around and so on like that. And you're like, oh, okay. Once again, cool for the guy selling tickets at the front door. Uh, you know, sure. once again, you know that. And then the other thing too is, uh, I, the other thing I noticed is a lot of people don't always have like if they're into like one thing that might be all they're into. Like so, if they come in for wrestling, they don't like anything else. If they come in for manga, that is it. And beyond anime, they could care less. You know, and yeah. I, I'm one of those people like I actually like a lot of stuff. I love video games. I like wrestling. I love comic books. I actually like movies and all that good stuff. Like all multimedia stuff is all kind of cool with me. But I noticed that's not that's not the case for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. Is that was something that I kind of experienced? Is is you'd have fans, and you could almost like tell, especially if if they if they were cosplay, I could kind of start seeing this. Like if they were cosplayed as like a comic book character, there was a good chance that they might buy a book. But mm-hmm. if they were cosplaying as something that was like anime or video game, no way. <laughs> <laughs> They're not gonna buy because it, it was a different audience. You're totally right. They were yeah. like, 
that's that was not the audience you know and it's it, it's it's kind of funny to to notice that but that's 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 a good observation that yeah uh, there are these yeah like seemingly different crowds of of people that are there and sometimes they mix you know and mm -hmm. it seems like the that vast majority are very kind of like singular like you're saying <laughs> I, I, I agree with that yeah well that's because i've had that thing before somebody comes by be like hey you into indie comics or they're like whoa, whoa, whoa i only read manga and it's like <laughs> and i always kind of hate to sort of say but like let's be honest what's the difference i read all kinds of comic books i don't care if they're yeah. european american you know japanese like i literally like all of them and it's like it doesn't even yeah. bat an eye like I can literally go from reading a right to left book to a left to right book. No problem. I can switch back and forth oh, between totally. issues. It, I'm just so used to it because I read through so many of them. So it always throws me off when someone thinks it's like, it's the same way too. It's like, so I'm assuming you only watch anime and you never watch an American cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I think that that kind of singular mentality ends up just kind of like, if, yeah, it's tunnel vision. You're not getting everything that you possibly could, you know? It's just like, yeah, so you like manga. Okay, but, you know, like a lot of manga was inspired by American comics. And back back and forth, it's the same mm -hmm. thing if you only read American comics. It's like, okay, you are missing out on a huge spectrum of, of things, you know? And I think that, like, it just cuts you off from the potential of, of getting to experience your next big love if you're only reading or only watching this one particular version of this of this like big universe you know oh yeah totally i think it is and i think that's kind of a, it's always kind of a bummer when it's just like there's so much cool stuff out there why even limit yourself see i feel like i have the problem where there's so much cool stuff there's no way to keep up that that's the problem that i feel like i face <laughs> it's like that sort of thing that like i remember my buddy said this once he's like you know what there's gonna be a time that there's a brand new batman movie and i won't be alive to see it <laughs> 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 it's just like yeah you know, there's things like that we're just gonna you know what i mean it's just you're gonna run all that time to catch up on everything yeah yeah there's you know i it used to be it, uh, you know especially for for like kind of like nerd geeky kind of fandom stuff very limited content you know it was like you get, you get your big movie the x-men or whatever and that was like it in terms of like being made into a TV show or or that kind of cross back and back and forth, and now it's become such a you know everything is being made into a TV show, a movie, or an animated series, and there's just only yeah there's only so much time in the day. I'm like everybody's telling me oh you gotta watch the show it's based on that comic. I'm like oh it was a great comic. I read the comic though. Like I don't know that I need to see the 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 show because I read it already, and I'll just watch something I haven't seen or or know the story already. You know. Yep. Oh, dude, I totally get that. Well, because like my, my thing is what I've kind of done is I cut TV off. TV was the one I'm like, you know, what's my least favorite of everything. There's not enough time in the day. I'm like, I'm just going to stick with movies, comics and video games. That's the three that I like, <laughs> you know, I feel scary, like, you know, yeah. you know, TV, it takes up way more time. You know, I always feel like to me, I'm just not always into it nearly as much as stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I, and a lot, that's like these when people go, man, they, they got this great, you know, show based on the comic. I'm like, Let's be honest. It's gonna be as good as the comic book. <laughs> I hate to sort of say it, but yeah, no, I, I like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it can't be, but <laughs> I mean, I would argue that like any anything that is was based off the original comic book, and maybe this is just a snob in me, and that's and that's totally fine too. I, I'm nothing but a giant snob when it comes to the shit I like, but um, I I, I always go with like yeah, the, the original is always going to be just slightly better. Because the next version of the person who's doing it is just kind of, 
they, 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 it's so complicated, right? You know, mm-hmm. you have to do the fan service. You have to make it so that like the, the, the original fans are going to like it, but then you have to put your own little spin on it to, you know, to sell it. You've got to, you know, if there's no romance, you got to cram a romance in there. You got to figure yeah. out how to do that and sell it to Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think that you just kind of end up with something that doesn't, that doesn't exactly translate to what originally was the power of that, of that, that piece, you know? And I think that like, there's so many examples of where great piece of art in comic book form translated to another medium, huge flop. And, and it's just, you know, it's kind of embarrassing to look at and you're like, Oh my God, that's, (laughs) I swear the book is better, you know? Um, And, and I, and I think that that's, that's just ends up what, even even the good ones, there are good ones out there, but they're still like, yeah, but the book is is still better. It's still better. Yeah. You know, it's just that one that like, especially with like mangas and so on. That's been my thing is instead of watching the anime, I've just been kind of reading the manga series because I feel like I'm getting the pure, you know, interpretation of yeah. it. Like in a sense, it's one main person with three underlings that never get credited. I feel like that's always the, <laughs> I always think about that in regular comics too. I'm like, how many people work on these books though, that don't get credit? Because you know, there's gotta be, there's the core people, but then everybody might have their own assistants and so on like that, that never get their name yeah. in there. And who knows how much work they do, but um, <laughs> you know, but, but whatever, like whatever, let's just say it's the core one person. It hasn't filtered through a bunch of producers, hasn't gone through a bunch of different animators. It's just a singular mm. kind of vision. And so I kind of like, that experience where i'm like you know i'm just gonna go through it that way you know i mean is is it the cheapest way no not comparative to like you know of course watching a show is cheaper than buying books but i like i don't know i don't know what it is just something about just like this like you sort of get that solo vision and i think that's one of my favorite ways with kind of comp books and so on like that especially mangoes i I like that yeah and i I mean i think too like you know to take like the example of like let's say like Akira, right? And and you look at like Akira that, I mean, it, was, it wasn't made into a series into that film. And the film is like fantastic, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's a fraction of all that you get if you read all of Akira, you yep. know? It's just like, there's just so much more that you can get from the series if you actually read it. And then Otomo's drawings are just unreal. Just yeah, the, the, unreal, you know? those books are cool. I really yeah. like those ones. Yeah, no, there's got some great, amazing artwork in there, and so on. There, it's like, was it five or six big volumes? I think is what it. Yeah, yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's six. I don't remember. It's in my bookshelf behind me, but like, yeah, uh, I was gonna say, I, I haven't, I haven't read through it in like I don't know, twelve plus yeah, years, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's a good one. But speaking of comp books, I was going to say, why don't you talk a little bit about yours? It's a horror show. I always go the wrong direction when I'm trying to show it. In the weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So um, it's a horror show is a, is a, um, is kind of my first comic book that I, uh, I, I've, I've put out there. Um, the date is the kind of first full length version of it. I have a, a mini comic I did before that. Um, but it's a horror show is essentially it's an anthology series that I'm starting to develop and the next kind of one will come out in um, right now. It's kind of slotted for April mm-hmm. it's on the drawing board. <laughs> it's nowhere near done, but like I, April, I got time. Um, I understand but, that one, <laughs> but it, uh, so it's a, it's a horror anthology series. It's mostly kind of like campy horror. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, if I had to put a pin in it, I would say something like, um, return of the living dead is kind of where my head is at. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's got horror elements to it, but it knows what it is. It's just kind of making fun of itself in a lot of ways. Um, and it's, it's usually this kind of silly stories. 
So full length guitar work show, the date is about a punk rock werewolf traveling the desert and he has this kind of chance encounter with a, uh, what, what, he, what appears to be a damsel in distress, but that's not all that she appears to be. Um, and it's just this kind of fun story of, of you know, he's, he's in a punk band, he takes her out on this date and there's all kinds of mayhem and, and chaos that kind of get caught, caused by these two. Um, yeah, and so it was, you know, just a simple idea I had that was kind of based off of a music video, actually, for um, The Cramps, uh, I Was a Teenage Werewolf, and like the original music video for it is like The Cramps all crammed into this hot rod, cruising down the desert, and I was like, man, that's it. I love that just image of them. <laughs> like, why do they have to be in the desert? How does that relate to a werewolf? I have no idea, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of like from there, I was like, well, what if I did like a punk rock werewolf in a hot rod, you know, driving in the desert? And then I just kind of like started riffing on that character and the story kind of developed from there. Um, And so now like every iteration of this series of It's a Horror Show is kind of its own standalone story. um, That's kind of the same thing as just me taking like a goofy idea and saying like, hey, what if I did that? And kind of just blew it up a little bit and, and, and see what would have happened if I played with that trope or or something like that in, in the genre. Yeah, no, I, I love it. It's got that cool rockabilly horror, punk rock. <laughs> you know, the artwork's awesome. It gives me those kind of tank girl vibes. Of course, it's black oh, and thanks, white. Yeah. I'm always partial to black and white artwork. <laughs> I think that's probably why I like mangoes so much as well, too. But, you know, it's one of those ones where everything about it just got a neat look to it. And, I, I mean, horror movies type stuff, anyways, is always a cool one to go with. And I think the idea of kind of doing it where each one's got its own sort of take is kind of nice because then you're never stuck to being like, okay, what's the continuation I got to follow in the yeah. next one? Something like that. There's something to be said about, I've even thought about when like starting out in comics too, if you do that thing where you don't go like, oh, I got this series and it's going to be 25 issues long and all of that, like, <laughs> that just a little bit and then. There, you know, I've I've seen a couple guys do it before, where like they do the thing where they create like a single, like three different single issues, completely different from each other. But the upside, I thought that mm-hmm. I was like, you could sort of try out what you want to try and kind of give it a shot, and then whatever one kind of catches on a little bit more, well, then you know, okay, maybe I'll make a second one of that. You know, I think, but you're not you're not so committed to like the the giant length, you know, shown in yeah. manga story, you know, the superhero <laughs> epic and all that kind of stuff. There's something that is to be said about having that, especially in like an anthology style. The next one, all it has to do is kind of be in that similar vibe, but it can be a completely different story. Yeah, totally. And I, I think that was something that I I did, uh, you know, s- somewhat strategically of uh, it part partly because I didn't ha- I don't have an idea for for something that is long and kind of continuous like that. Like I just I don't know. It, it's it's I have these like stupid one off little ideas. I'm like I, it just seems so silly to me. I want to see where it goes for an issue, and then. Mm-hmm maybe it, it goes somewhere down the line like the the so the monstrous band that's in the uh is in the date that the the werewolf plays in this band with i've done a couple like short stories with them and i've kind of continued their story a little bit in some in, in, in like some actual anthology comics after this book was uh, released and that's been fun just to kind of play with that cast of characters again but i don't necessarily know that i want to like have them be the returning always you know it, it was like yeah it made sense for what i was doing but I'm, I'm not i'm not sold on them yet um i actually got this piece of advice from um 
I was taking some classes through the Kubert school just mm -hmm. to kind of like get more, you know, comfortable making comics and whatnot. Um, and I took this class from Dan DiDio. Um, and one of the pieces of advice that he said was, was like uh, getting into the business and whatnot, do something small, something that like is attainable and just get it out, push mm -hmm. it, like push it out, get it made, see what happens. And so the first thing I made was like a little mini comic that was like the first, it's a horror show. And it was just these two little short stories. And it was something I knew I could just, I, I, I could get it done, put it out, get it in print, see what it looks like. And then from there, then it kind of like spawned like, oh, now I can make this next werewolf book. And, and then I can kind of keep building it from there, but I don't have to be saddled with, yeah, like this epic story that I'm just like trying to complete over the next, you know, 10 years or, or whatever. Um, I can just kind of roll these books out when I have time and I don't have to worry about like, Oh shoot. What, what, what did that character look like in, in issue four back there? And stuff mm -hmm. like that. I can kind of just have it be its own contained thing. And you're, you're right. Like uh, try it out. Is this the story that I want to, you know, pull out later and, and flush out a little bit more, or is this was a standalone and move on to the next thing. And, yeah, so it it was a little bit strategic, but it's also me just like I don't have the big <laughs> story. I have like all these little 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 tiny ideas, and I, I I'm I'm kind of happy just playing in my little sandbox <laughs> with these tiny little stories and seeing what happens. Well, see, the cool thing about that too is then you can switch genres, then you can also switch up characters, and tr you can just do a lot more experimentation because you haven't like in a sense, got yourself corralled in like, you know, a world where you're like, oh, great. Now, now this is what I am. Okay. This is where we got to go with and so on like that. Mm -hmm. There's definitely something to be kind of said there. Um, but going back to that school, how did you, you go about going there? Did you have to go there physically? Um, so no, that was actually the cool thing. So when I was a kid, I, I like, that was, that was something I always wanted to do was go to the Kubert school. And well, that's right. I remember seeing the ads in the back oh, of my yeah, comics. Totally. And that was what I always thought about. I always, in my back of my mind, I was like, man, if you could travel back east, because that's how I just remember it being like back in the day was in, yeah, I can't remember, was yeah, it yeah. Maryland or something like that? Yeah, it's it's in um, Dover, New Jersey. New Jersey. And that was the thing. I was just like, if you went back there and just did a full whatever semester, however they kind of run that thing, a full summer mm -hmm. program, whatnot, I always felt like that probably would be pretty well worth it just for you know, a, a, you know, a quick kind of overview and so on. But I was like, but well, it's all the way back east and so on like that. So yeah. uh, that kind of wrote itself out pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. So like when I, when I was a kid, I, I wanted to go there. Same thing, you know, seeing the, the the ads in the back of comic books and stuff like that. I was always like, that's what I'm going to do. And then when it came time to graduate high school and go off to college or whatever, my parents wanted me to go to an actual like four, four year school. And so that's what I did. And I, and I kind of, I, at that time, I kind of actually put comics aside and i got two degrees in uh, in painting i have a i have a master's degree in painting oh, and i'm actually cool. an art i'm an art professor that's like my day job <laughs> is i teach i teach art at a college here in montana um and so uh i kind of put all that away but then covid tons of time on on your hands everything went remote Mm -hmm. And the Kubert School started offering online classes. And I was like, shit, <laughs> I could go. I could essentially go to the Kubert School, take some online classes. And so that's what I did. And so I was able to take some really cool classes with some, you know, big name professional artists that like, you know, you just never would be able to take a class with normally. Um, 
and it was like a pretty condensed thing. It was like six weeks, mm -hmm. you know, meeting one time a week. And then depending on what the class is, you'd have X amount of homework and the homework would be like, you know, drawing a bunch of pages as like samples to fill out a portfolio or coloring or lettering. And so I took a whole bunch of stuff just to kind of like get back into the swing of making comics. And, uh, um, and it was super beneficial. It was the skills I learned in it. You know, I took a, a lettering class from Taylor Esposito, mm -hmm. really, really insightful about uh, using Illustrator to letter stuff. I took a digital coloring class um, that was all about like using Photoshop and digital painting. Yeah, it, it, all those skills I still keep building on and using. And it was like really great to kind of like help me lay like a foundation to like look at a comic and know what to kind of look for and start analyzing uh, to just make better books. And uh, yeah, it was super, super helpful. Can't say enough nice things about the Kubrick School. They're They're great. No, that, that's, that experience sounds really cool right then there. You know, my, my main way of like learning everything was I just bought tons of books. I always call it the school of Amazon. You just go on there and buy all the used books that you can, yeah. you know, and you read through them and so on. And I remember like one of the best ones too was like there was a lettering book I got because it was like when DC had, they had like a series of about five or six books and each one was, mm -hmm. there was a penciling book, you know, an inking book, a color or writing book and so on. I remember that lettering book was one of the most interesting. I was like, I'm like that one there, I felt like I almost learned more out the lettering book than all like the other yeah. ones i think because the other things are a little bit more direct of course but the lettering sure. is one of those ones that's just not talked about nearly as often and all the excess yeah. little stuff that goes into it it's kind of like the the it, it's one of the most important art or parts of a comic book because i always think that when the lettering goes on there that's what transforms the whole page to going like totally. now it's a comic book that, that's like whenever I put the, that's why yeah. I, I love the lettering part because when i see that finally on there it's like the the page is complete like even if you you're, you haven't totally. even inked it yet, you're like now it looks like a comic book. There is there. Yeah, there yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah. No, you're 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 totally right. Yeah, and it's and it's one of those things. I think it's probably because it's just like of all the things you could talk about in terms of comics, like oh, we're gonna look at the artwork and we're gonna talk about you know the line work in this particular character and the backgrounds and all this stuff. Lettering is just one of those things. Yeah, it's 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 vital super important it really shows you how to look through a page it can do so many amazing things but it's almost like in many ways like the less least sexy kind of part <laughs> of making a comic not to say that making comics is particularly sexy but like yeah. <laughs> of all the things it would be at the, like the very bottom and ultimately it, it kind of is like this almost invisible but super visible and really important thing you know so much of what goes on in a lettering, you know, in a word balloon is, is unless you know to look for it, it should be almost like invisible to you and it should just mm -hmm. read normal. Only when it ever is like, is wrong, if something is, is bad, that does it ever stand out as like, ooh, this is bad. Because a good lettering should almost be invisible. You could almost just like read it and move and keep moving through the, the page. If you spend too long on that lettering, you're like, okay, there's something wrong here. <laughs> Yeah, if I'm exactly. noticing it that bad. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Because I mean, you, you see that every once in a while, where it's just like you even see it in professional books too, where it's like, oh, that lettering is now crisscrossing into there. Or one thing I've noticed, I've noticed sometimes some of the translations of certain like mangas and stuff, and it's like they have like mm -hmm. somewhat professional companies doing it, and you're just like. Who the hell got this job? That's all I want to know because if this is all it takes to do it, I, I clearly could come in here and do this too. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's I think it's funny, and I I, I want to know how much control they have on like the the size of the balloons and stuff, 
because I think about it and I'm like, okay, so if it was in the original like, Japanese and it's in that kind of scroll kind of script yeah. and it takes up X amount of space, but then the English version of that takes up just like a tiny little space. Why can't you just squeeze that balloon just a little bit more? And I would have to imagine because like they probably hand drew that balloon and there's no, there's no change in it, you know? Yeah. Well, even to that, those ones, I always go, well, why don't you just make the words just slightly bigger? Like in that, yeah. in that one scene, just make that the font. just Because, yeah, I mean, I get like some of that stuff. I mean, I like I know because it is sort of like translation. So you kind of go with what you got. But sometimes you see some of them and it's just it, it almost just looks like someone just went there white out slapping a font yeah. who cares what size it is <laughs> go on next one like like, like yeah. that that's almost what it felt like the amount of work went in there <laughs> no totally yeah. like so someone didn't even have a it's like i almost feel like sometimes i go like man either one this person this is the first time they use photoshop and they just learned how to use like the type or they're not even using yeah. photoshop maybe maybe, maybe they're, they're using not even doing that. yeah maybe yeah. he's got like ms paint open <laughs> yeah that, that's it he's painting over white and then he's typing it in that's all it is you know but yeah. um you know, I especially think sometimes back in like the 80s and 90s, I think like the people oh, that were like translating, the, the, those were yeah. such like, uh, you know, it was just such a, you know, you, you could get that job with like nothing. You go like, I got a studio. Well, what do you got? I got a closet, a microphone <laughs> and some whiteout. Good enough. You could do both animes and mangas. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of those things. It, it didn't take a whole lot to kind of get that going. But um but yeah, no, that lettering is, I, it's always one of the most interesting parts too. Like something I've always had fun with too is uh, with some of the onomatopoeias is making them kind of like creative in the process where mm. like you got sort of a phrase or something in there and be like, how can I work those words in to be where it's almost like a mixed match of both artwork and words all at the same time. And just like, it's yeah. something totally unique. Every once in a while, there was, there was a couple issues I had where I just felt like, man, I just, I got a bunch of these kind of cool little neat ideas that most people are probably just going to read over and not think much of it. But like, I thought they were pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 T totally. And I think they're like, then there's the opposite end of that spectrum where you you look at like a, a book and you see like an onomatopoeia and it just doesn't match it's just like oh it just it doesn't it doesn't feel like that sound effect it doesn't match the art or whatever it could be you know and i think that like again it kind of like sometimes the you know the power of digital it's so cool we can make all these kinds of edits and do some really great things but i think to that like people don't realize the power they have and so when they throw that in they don't understand like why this looks not like right why it doesn't match up to that either that sound or again like the artwork sometimes and and it's and it's it is it is almost like you you see uh, i think bad lettering you know can be forgiven in a lot of ways like word balloons and dialogue mm -hmm. you know like it's fine on them on a ps stand out so harsh <laughs> when they're when they're not like fully thought out and and you're like oh my god like what, what am i looking at <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Most definitely there. Well, it's also like when it comes down to word balloons, like I feel like I always like to draw the word balloons myself too, because for some reason when it, they have like the perfect, like, you know, ellipse or anything like that, the perfect circles and everything, like sometimes that can like throw off between the artwork and so on. Like, and I always thought mm -hmm. myself like my artwork's not like perfect as is. So if my word balloons look perfect, they're gonna, there's something's going to be, it's too much like contrast. Like I, I feel like I got to totally organically draw them. And, and I always kind of like that yeah. anyways too, where like the word balloons don't have to be always a perfect circle or anything like that like they can they conform to whatever the panel and whatever the phrase is and however it kind of works like it, it all flows together with the artwork yeah i think so i think i think that makes a lot of sense and i think that like um 
You know, I think too, it, it comes down sometimes to like the, the style of the book as well. Like mm -hmm. it, like the genre and stuff like that. Like, I, I think that you can read, you know, certain, certain books, like, let's say like it's an epic fantasy or something like that. Like the last thing you want to be thinking about is like the, the lettering. You kind of want to just be kind of immersed in the story and stuff like that. But then you get to like an indie book, you know, like all like love and rockets and, and stuff like that. And you're like, well, the lettering should be a part of the artwork just as much as everything else. And mm -hmm. I think that like, you know, you could look at Crumb, you could look at all kinds of, uh, you know, dudes who do that kind of stuff where the lettering is so much a part of the artwork. Uh, and it's just like, is, is just how you read those kinds of books. But then, yeah, you get to something a lot more, you know, like action packed and stuff. And you kind of want it just clean, just like, I don't mm -hmm. want no fuss, you know, it just like, let's just get into it. And, and I think that like, it, it's just, a, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a gradient sometimes of like how much you want to do and how little you want to do for the lettering. I think it totally depends on what you were trying to do in the first place. Yeah, most definitely. And then as long as I think the most simplest rule of thumb, and this goes for everything in a comic book, is does is it clear and does it make sense? I mean, unless for some reason the scene's supposed to not make sense, like it, like that's part of it. But for the most part, as long as it's clear and makes sense, like that's really the most important thing. Like everything else can be slightly off as long as it's clear yeah. and it makes sort of sense. You know what I mean? Where it's not oh, yeah. like one of those ones where you're just trying to go like, what? what is that letter going inside the book? You know, it's like, then things are, you know, mm -hmm. smashing up and like that, or, you know, yeah, is, is, or it's like, sometimes there's some drawings where it's like, you'll look at some books and go, I don't really know where they are. Are they like, yeah. like these backgrounds aren't really like, like, you know, giving me a sense of like where they, you know, they're locked down or anything like that. You know, it's like, it looks like everybody's just sort of floating through space, you know? And yeah. I think that's kind of the key thing is like, is it clear and makes sense? Beyond yeah. that, nothing else is nearly that important. Like everything else is kind of like cool if you get it down a little bit better, but as long as it's flowing, you're 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 golden. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's 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 something that sometimes like gets overlooked of just like clarity. Just always go back to clarity. Like make sure it makes sense. You know, um, I was listening to this this uh, talk that was given by David Matsukeli, who did like. Uh, Batman year one and some daredevil mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, and he was talking about like comics, you know, the line that you draw is in a different service. Like when you're talking about like just drawing in general, like representational drawing, like I'm going to draw that potted plant or whatever. The line is in service of the illusion. It, it, the, every line that you use should be to help you mimic that potted plant. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you get to comics, the line is in service of the story. And if it's not serving the story, it has no business on the page. And <laughs> so I think that like sometimes like we get really fussy and like we, we do too much. And then it's just like, okay, th this is not in service of the story anymore. This is in service of your ego. <laughs> and yep. it's, not, it's not doing anything for the story. And it's like, get back to clarity. What was actually important and get rid of that. And I, and I think that sometimes, you know, we want to make these sick, cool drawings. And I, I love that. But I think that if, it, if it's if it's confusing the story, it's not it's not serving, you know, what it should be. Right, you could probably make two versions of that, too, where like you have the potted plant in there and the potted plant not in there and have somebody read it over and, and then be like, read both of them and go, did you notice the difference? And they, I bet you yeah. they'll be like, no, I didn't. Be like, you didn't notice the potted plant gun? No, why would I be noticing that? Like, that's yeah, nothing. Exactly. It's in the yeah. background. Like, you know, I'm like, well, I thought yeah. I could do a pretty good drop drop with that potted plant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's totally that, you know, we spend all this time, I don't know how many like little details of like agonized over trying to draw this thing. And and I'm like, but it has nothing to do with the story. And so like, so why am I doing it? 
Why yeah. am I spending my time on this? Like, let's spend the time on the thing that's actually going to propel the story forward, and 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 you know the, the readers are going to actually, you know, uh, connect with based upon the story itself. And I think that that that's not always an easy lesson. I think that's like one of the hardest lessons is to remember that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. That you know, a lot of times, you know, not it's all about the big picture, not the, all the little extra details. Like there, there's a time and a place for everything, but you know, mm. sometimes they can kind of get in the way and bog things down. And depending on yeah, how fast you want to kind of get things out too, it's like it's like, like myself. I know it's like the better I always keep getting at drawing. It's just like it's almost like you get faster, but then you put more detail in, and then you're you're pretty much about the same speed, if not slower. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it never seems to get like it, like the process hasn't really got any quicker, at least you know, because something kind of yeah. one thing goes up and the other one matches it, and then you're like you're back to square one again, you know. Yeah, so there I, is always I've that. that. I've heard that like that same same idea from a lot of creators. It's like oh, I've got so much faster, but now I'm doing like more detail, and I'm like the, <laughs> the artwork's gotten a lot better, so. I guess I didn't get any faster at all. It's like the same. It's the same. <laughs> I yeah. know. It's even one of those ones too, because I've done the Pizza Voice book for, you know, 14 issues, all 100% by myself. And sometimes it gets to that point where you're like, man, you know, it'd be nice to have somebody else to work with on this at some point, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it is that way. You're like, you, you do shuffle a lot of work, you know, I'm like, just like all those, you know, manga artists who got their, you know, team of three or four underneath that get no credit whatsoever. Like, boy, that must be nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to I, have some people in there. <laughs> I always think it's, it's, you know, it's wild too, you know, as an indie creator, you're, you're doing all of it, right? Like yeah. um, you're writing, you're editing, you're drawing it if you're coloring it or, or lettering it, it's all you. Right. Um, and then, you know, you get to like the bigger, bigger guys, or if you get a little bit of funding, you can hire somebody to do a part of that. Right. Mm -hmm. But like in manga, the, the, what they, they, they have like their assistants and stuff do feels to me, is just like, I, maybe it's just my total American school of comics is like, you got the inker and the color. And that's, <laughs> it's it, you know? And, and, but there it's just like, you got the person who spots the blacks. I'm like, that's a job. <laughs> like, that would be so nice. If we just like do the line work. All right. Spot my blacks for me. And, yep. <laughs> and move on. Yeah. Like, Man, what a huge time saver. <laughs> that would be if someone would do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially back in the, the day before, like, you know, digital, that was actually a pretty important job throughout like, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s and so on. Mm. Somebody had to come in and paint all the blacks in on every single one of those. So mm -hmm. like you can see, that would be a very time-consuming job, or especially back totally. when somebody do manual tones. Like, mm -hmm. I feel. Oh my gosh! That, that, that always whenever I think about you know having to do manual tones, I'm like, I don't think I'd even do tones if I had to manually do it. I don't know if that that sounds <laughs> no. like such. It doesn't like, seem worth it. <laughs> no, no, I, I would yeah. just do that the the American thing where you just do sort of like the the hashes kind of shading instead. Like, I, I would yeah. go with that before I start doing <laughs> cutting out tones and paint and like gluing it all. Yeah. yeah. That, that always I mean, even when you even when you hear about like the, the the OG like color separations that like Marvel and DC used to do and stuff like that for their books, and how they would have to like memorize the numbers of the different shades yep. that they could get and stuff like that to like paint into certain areas and like that is is like it takes away all of the art of it and you're just memorizing numbers in, yeah. in connection to what that color might like turn out and then so like you don't know until it gets printed i'm like that just seems maddening i don't yeah. know how those books ever looked as good as they did like it doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me that like that 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 that, that process is just kind of mind-blowing yeah 
Yeah, well, you can see why. That's why some of them have kind of simpler color schemes. But because I think you're like, no, no, no more, no more than sixteen colors. Like, we're not doing that. Yeah, this character has it. one color. All, <laughs> all those people through. in the background are like purplish pink. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that that like is is something that I I love when you see like newer comics, and uh, it's something that when when I when I do color um stories and stuff like that that i i like doing is kind of doing that stuff and i think it's just that, that language of like they you know back in the day that's the way they did it so it was simple and it was easier for the jobbers just to like come in mm -hmm. clock in do what they got to do and go home right but that became like part of the language of like how we understand comics so much of the shortcuts and the and the line work and the word balloons is it's like a it's a reaction to just saving time and, and trying to get work out the door but I, I, I love that kind of stuff, like that just mm -hmm. simplifying everybody in the background to one tone. Yep. I, I, I love it. I think it just looks so good. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, it just separates. I know where the background is. I know where the foreground is, all that stuff. And it's just through simplifying the color down. And I, I, I still love that. Oh, I, I do too. And I think it's one of those ones, it's because it's artistic almost in a weird way. It's like, it was done to be like easier, yeah. but realistically yeah. it becomes a very cool art choice style. And it's like flat yeah. colors. Like sometimes I, I love books that just have straight up flat colors. Don't know yes. shades, no nothing. And, and you know, here's an example always is like, you know, in the nineties comic books, when you look through a lot of those ones and everybody got introduced to like gradients <laughs> and so on like that. Yeah. And realistically, gradients sometimes is always a bizarre one anyways. Like it, like, it, there's a time and a place for everything, of course, but a lot of times gradients always look kind of funny. Like they, they, they're they almost mm. uncanny looking, you know, <laughs> you, when you see it in there. Yeah, like, totally. I always see like Frank Miller's second um, Dark Knight book where like he got it's it's almost like Frank was just gifted yeah. like Photoshop for the first time. And like, OK, Frank, <laughs> here you go. Come back with a book in six months. Here's some drugs, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's like there's there's a whole slew of books that just like when when photoshop was just in its infancy and, and 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 being used in comics for the first time and you look at how it's kind of like they they look like they're airbrushed figures and everybody's like softly glowing and it's like okay like we could <laughs> we could back off that <laughs> you know a good amount um yeah there was there's that that whole mid to late 90s where it's like we just you guys we just don't know how to use this tool yet it's just not we haven't figured it out it's not working for everybody go back to that 16 colors <laughs> yeah let's just go back to that totally i think there's examples like of stuff in there that was like okay all right i see yeah. i see how this could be a cool tool and stuff like that and then there's a lot that's in there done was like they're just like let's we just can do any color we want now and 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 uh, kind of went just a little too wild for sure. Yeah, no, no, and it's those ones like yeah, you, there's there's a bunch of stuff where like it is dialed in really well and so on. But then there's just the some where it's just, you can just tell it's like the artist first. Like as I said, I, I really feel Frank Miller was just given a computer in Photoshop like to do that second Dark Knight one, and like that's how he was, he was gonna go with it. Like come hell or high water, he was gonna learn it as he was drawing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which I, like I almost give him credit for doing it like that too because it's like sure go for it like i, I love weird experimental type stuff like that at the same time and it's in the longest run i think that stuff actually will look kind of interesting in a bizarre way because the farther we get from it it's kind of like the way that like 90s cg looks in movies i almost am very nostalgic <laughs> yes. for it because it's almost <laughs> something special in a weird way and the farther we yeah. get away from it, it it's kind of cool when it's like the bad cg from the 90s and the movies where they tried a little too hard <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I i totally know what you mean like there's 
there's um I'm, i i immediately think of that like terrible spawn movie yeah that, that, <laughs> and, that's the first thing that comes to my mind and i think about the cape and the chains and some of like the little demons and stuff like that i'm like yeah but that was kind of fun, you know. And I, and I remember, like the 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 devil had like that hair texture, you know, that was like these he had like, these chops, and it had that hair texture that just looked like it came from Rampage, the video game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that, and and on the big screen, I'm like this, you know, this looks like an arcade game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but you're totally right. Now I look back at it, I'm like, I'm like, I kind of loved that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Is I like like the farther it gets from it, it's kind of nostalgically kind of neat. Yeah, you know, like I have this other Batman <laughs> book. I can't remember what the heck the title is off the top head, but it came out in like 1991. I found it like at a bookstore. I'm like, oh, this is something that's never going to get reprinted at least. But it's like <laughs> a super like if someone was just once again gave it a computer for the first time. And they're like, just go wild with all the stuff you can do with a computer. It's 1990, like mm. you know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. and the stuff in it, it's just bizarre looking. It's got because it's like it's got drawings in it but then it's got a lot of like computer graphic type stuff in there which makes just for a very interesting kind of look but you know it's like once once again the older that book will get the more kind of like intriguing it'll almost kind of look where like in 1996 you'd be like oh that's just so corny and silly but now it's yeah. like you look and go no this is really interesting and weird like the, you know what i mean like they're never gonna make a book like this again <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I think too, it's, it, it'll, you know, there's, there's several books that came from that, that time period that have been like reprinted and they recolor them. <laughs> That's like always the first thing they do. It's like, yeah. we're recoloring it. <laughs> and so then you release it and you see it like, That's not how I remember picking this off the racks. <laughs> and it's probably for the best, <laughs> but then, you know, I, you know, swing that door on the other side. Right. And you get like the classic, like silver age stuff and then, and you get those recolored and those recolors look so bad it's just like they cleaned them up and all that grittiness and those that that you know the dot system is gone and mm. they can make them whatever color and they just polish it too much and i'm like this is no no this yeah. isn't this isn't what i remember it's a weird thing. Like I always thought, like, I don't know why, I mean, I know there's probably legal issues of why you can't do it this way, but I always thought that like when they do like graphic novel trades of the old issues, like it, how cool would it be if they just copied every single page and left all the ads in there and all that stuff and just yeah. gave you the, the original feel like the here's X-Men, yes. you know, number six, the way that it was, you know, intended to be in the sixties and you get it with all the bells and whistles, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I know you'd have to track down every ad company that half of them yeah. don't even exist anymore. There's too much of that. <laughs> kind of stuff i wish historically you could preserve them that way yeah i think that would be such a cool artifact to have you know and then um i have this this um this collection of like old horror comics and what they what they kind of did is it almost looks like they scanned the original pages like like, like the original art but like the pages the the, mm -hmm. the printed pages and that's more of what you're kind of seeing and maybe it's 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 a combination of having the original uh pages and then using the original colors in, in a kind of way but the the printing that they did in this book is that off white it, it's kind of that cream color that those books would have been printed on you know or that yellow of the newsprint as they would age you know and so it feels like you're looking at an older book and it yeah. has that 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 feel of like I'm looking at the original pages as it would have been printed. And I'm like, that's this is this is how I want to see this stuff. You know, I would I'd like to. And then the paper has that good texture to it. It's not that just super glossy stuff that mm -hmm. you normally get on like the, those those nice reprints. But this was like had that good texture to it. It had the good color to it. 
And I was like, this is okay. This, everybody take note. This is what we want right here. Yep. You know? Uh, um, and I, and I feel like sometimes, every, yeah, again, it's like that, that, the, 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 the bad part about digital sometimes is you can, you can make everything super clean and look really good. And sometimes it's just like, just because you can't does not mean that that's what we want. <laughs> we don't yeah. necessarily want, you know, that clean. We like the grit. I, I think that's mm -hmm. why, you know, a, a lot of like the, the old comics I got, you know, I just, I like that feel of that paper. There's something about it that just like, man, it scratches apart from my brain that, mm -hmm. you know, get a new book and feel the glossy paper. I'm like, no, <laughs> this, this is just doesn't feel like, you know, my childhood of just <laughs> of, of those great comics, you know? Yeah, just the textures and all that kind of feel in the newspaper print. And plus the ads, it's that weird thing that like the ads, oh, yeah. I, I, I've, I've kind of like thought about this before, but like really like more than like an actual book, a movie, a music, any of that kind of stuff. The thing that can take you back, like pinpointed to like an exact like <laughs> year and time more than anything else is actually an ad. Ads, yeah. I think, actually capture the moment much better than any other form of multimedia in a weird way. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a that's a good point. I, I I can still like, you know, when you when you mentioned that, I'm thinking about like ads from comics when I was a kid, and I'm like, yeah, no, there's several that I I very clearly remember. I don't know if I remember exactly what it was for, but I remember mm -hmm. the artwork in the ad like crystal clear. I know exactly what it looked like, and and I don't remember what book it was from. I have no, I couldn't tell you that, but I remember the ad. <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember. Uh, there was a time when I was buying books and everything had these, like, I, I don't remember what the product was, but it was like this, it was kind of like pop rocks, but they were like dinosaur eggs. I don't remember what. Oh, what I remember those. Called. But like this ad was in everything. <laughs> it was just this dinosaur with this cool, like Letterman jacket, like eating these like pop rock eggs. And I remember the ad so clearly. And I'm just like, I don't think I ever ate those and ever had them. <laughs> But I remember the ad and it was in like, oh man, I, I think there was just a period of time where everything I was buying off the rack had that in yeah, there just, somewhere. They, they were advertising hard. Of course the ad wasn't working yeah. on you. You remembered it, but you didn't buy any. I, no, I never <laughs> bought it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, now I'm just going to wonder for the rest of my life because they're probably totally out of existence. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Was it my fault that they that they went out of business? Because I saw the ad, remember it, never bought it. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back in the day, to what would be you would think the comic book that said, "Hey, I want to make comic books." Like, is is there a one pinnacle one, or is it a group of them? You know, is you know, is there that singular book that you kind of read where a lot of times you kind of go, "Hey, you know what? This looks possible right here." Hmm. I think that's a, it's, it's a good question. I mean, I, it probably was just like several comic books. I don't know if, if there was a specific one. There was a, there, there was a, like a book book when I was, mm -hmm. when I was a kid and it was called um, the cartoonist. I don't remember who it was by, um, but it was, I, I read it when I was, must've been like second or third grade right in there. And so it's like, a, it's like an early reader kind of book. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's about this kid who like spends all of his time in this in his attic, and he makes comic books. And 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 I was just like I fell in love with that story. And I think as a result of reading that story, I started like collecting more comics at the time. And mm -hmm. I, I think at the time, like the the big thing that was going on in comics would have been like um, 
when Superman split into two entities, if you remember that, like he had the blue yep. Superman and the red. And so I remember like those were just everywhere. They were everywhere. And this was, you know, in my little hometown, there wasn't a comic book shop. So mm-hmm. as the, the comics you get had to be on the newsstand. And that's yeah. just what we had. It was like you 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 didn't get to be choosy. It's like that's what you got had access to. So I read like all, like a bunch of those Supermans of him splitting into two. There was a couple Marvel books thrown in there. Um, and I would definitely say as I like got more into comics, I definitely s- swung the Marvel direction because again, mm-hmm. that's all I had. So I didn't even know yeah. Dark Horse, any of that stuff, that there was this whole other world. There was like this just newsstand. This is what you got, you know, and then maybe you got Archie and that seemed like lame <laughs> I didn't want to read those because then you look at Superman like, oh, man, he's too he's red and blue Superman. He's all electricity. And I was like, I'm not messing around with Archie. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, Archie's great. Why would I yeah, exactly. Like, like, well, yeah, it's Betty Veronica, all that stuff. So they're always having yeah, a good old time. It's awesome. Why didn't I read that? But anyways, um, and so I think those books like I were, were ones that like came out when I was in that age where I was like this, I want to make comics and stuff like that. Um, but then in terms of like when, you know, in, in high school and I really started thinking about telling stories and stuff like that, it would have been Magnolia and Mike Magnolia mm-hmm. and, and Hellboy. Like I, that, I, I came to that when I was in high school and it just like, it blew my mind. I had never seen art that was as, as, as interesting as what he was doing at that time. And the, the stories were like, oh, you can do this? You can do this in a story? And it, it's just like, a, you know, again, no comic book shop. Yep. <laughs> See it on the newsstand, pick it up, you know? Um, and that was like right after, when I was in high school, it was right when they stopped. Um, you couldn't buy comics on newsstands anymore. And they, they ended that. And then it became the direct market. And so like my comic book reading had to translate to like going to like Barnes and Noble and picking up graphic novels and, mm-hmm. and reading like trade paperbacks, uh, you know, specifically. And so that's where I, I came across like um, Dark Knight, um, you know, returns and, and, and coming to, uh, yeah, to lots of Hellboy and, and stuff like that. And that's where I really thought like, okay, I can maybe start like, coming up with some stories and stuff like that and then went to college and didn't <laughs> didn't really pursue it anymore fell in love with painting became a painter um and then coming back to comics it was it was totally like um i'm trying to remember who was the first one like i, I when i picked him back up that i was like okay i'm gonna make a book and and, and uh i think it was probably Adrian Tomina's uh, um, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Cartoonist. It's 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 funny, but it's more of like a serious, you know, like introspective book. It's like autobiographical about him. Um, but it was, it was great. It, like it told the story of like him as a kid who he wanted to be a comic book artist and how he was kind of like bullied for that. And then he became one and he's like, you know, kind of a solitary lifestyle. You're at the drawing table all the time and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and uh, um, I was like, man, I really want to get back into making comics. And that's that was like the first book I read kind of getting back into it during COVID um, Mm -hmm. where I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and make my first book. And then here we are now and I'm, I'm headed to Baltimore in two weeks with, <laughs> with uh, um, I've got six books under my belt that I'll have for Baltimore. And I'm, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of crazy. 
Yeah, there you go, knocking them out and everything like that. Yeah, it's yeah. funny kind of how that is. And it's always interesting to see the kind of the path that kind of like, you know, from which books kind of like inspired you and so on. You know, it's like my whole life too. It's like I always had like the, I always call them the random single issues that like you kind of got as yeah. a kid. Yes. Where yeah, like, totally. they're not connected to anything. It's like, here's this one X-Men. Here's one Johnny Quest. Here's one... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah one star wars one and you're, you're trying to make heads or tails on like the stories because you've come in like way in, in between stories and so on yeah. like that and then it was kind of like once graphic novels that was like where it felt like okay now this is kind of all coming together they're not just random single mm-hmm. issues from the spinner rack anymore you know yeah totally and the big one for me was when I saw Scott Pilgrim. When that book came out, that oh, was the sure. one where, where I was like, I looked at this and I go, because of the way the artwork is, and so I'm like, oh, this is not just like a Batman or a Spider-Man or any of these ones like this. This actually looks like you could draw this and it could you could work out. It's not putting anything down, but like it's one of those ones like that artwork looked like Okay, this, this this looks like this looks like the everyman yeah. artwork, not not the okay. If you were not drawing from the age of two, there's no way you'll be able to do this. You know, yeah. I always feel like Jim Lee artwork is like the most like turn off to like anything. It's like it's great and it's amazing, but you're like, yeah, obviously. I'm not going to be. Able, I'm not going to draw that. Like I can't, I can't, I can't hit that benchmark. No, you're totally. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, that, I think like the those those yeah like as you kind of put it those every main artists i think everybody kind of has one of those those like, okay all right i could yeah yeah i don't know and i, and I don't know that if if like mignola was that for me or not but i definitely know that like i, I saw the artwork and i was like okay like mignola's doing something like where he's just like simplifying the figure down to it's like barest bones and mm-hmm. you know it's still really complicated like if you actually break down trying to draw some of his stuff it's just like okay this is actually really hard but yeah. uh, uh, there's something in it that is that kind of like it's simple and it feels doable in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, and I think that that's kind of it is like when you kind of find that one where it's like it's almost like it clicks and you're like, OK, I, I kind of mm. see how this works and so on like that. And it's starting to all make a little bit more logical sense. And it's, yeah, you're not looking at like a Todd McFarlane or a Greg Capullo or any of those kind of guys that just have like that yeah. almost like over the top. But then also you're not like it's the time when you're a kid putting that together too. you're not going like, yeah, he's also got like three other people working with him to make that artwork look like the way it is. <laughs> it's not just me. He's yeah. not the only one doing it, <laughs> you know, yeah. one of those things. But um. Yeah, when you kind of get that one where it's like, okay, there's that book. And I always like those, in a sense, like the writer-artist books. To me, that always stands out a lot more mm-hmm. than when somebody's there's a writer and there's an artist and everything's sort of separate. It's the way I kind of look at it. It's like when you see movies and there's a writer-director. I always think those movies are stronger yeah. than when there's a random writer and then the director's just doing it like because it's like a job. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Not saying those movies can't be great, too, but sure, totally. we, we all know at the, at the end of the day, mostly, it seems like if you get one where it's like, hey – writer, director, especially also producer, maybe even stars in or something like that, you know that it's going to be much more of a passion project. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good point is just like how much investment that artist is putting in into the work. I think mm-hmm. it, it comes out in the in the work itself, right? It's 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 yeah, I I I, I agree with that. Of like, you know, I think that's that was one of the reasons I, I liked and gravitated towards uh, Dark Knight Returns because it's like, yeah, you know, it's yep. yeah, he you know he's had he has Klaus on it and stuff like that, um, but at the same time, it's like he wrote it and then he drew it, and so in a lot of ways, it is his vision all the way yeah. through, you know. And it's like, yeah, some other people are helping, you know, like uh, Lee is doing the colors and and so on and so forth, but mm-hmm. for the most part, that's still his vision all the way through, and and uh, and then it, you know, same thing with Mignola or or whoever. 
Yeah. I think being able to see that singular vision is, 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 yeah, is, is cool. And, and it's inspiring in a way you're like, okay, so I can make this story. And, and, and then when you hear Mignola talk about it, like his art career and like how he makes his books of just like, he avoids things. So he's like, I don't like drawing cars and I don't like drawing women. <laughs> so like, they, they're just never in my books. <laughs> yeah. Like, Holy crap. I've, yeah. I've never seen him draw a car. <laughs> God, yeah, cars when I was once lens, I'll have issues. I'm like, why do I have this car in here for so long? Like, that's always such more of a like such an extra task to draw a car, you know. Yeah. Especially like <laughs> to the point where it's just like, okay, I got I got pictures of this car from each angle, so I can see what it looks like on each side because not all sides mm. are the same now, you know, and all that stuff. But you know, it makes sense. Yeah, you kind of gear towards what you like and so on like that. And yeah, yeah, Frank Miller. That's like one of those ones. Like I always think he's one of the the best kind of go to guys where you're, you're getting a Frank Miller book when you buy his stuff. You know, yeah. There, yeah. there, there isn't a disconnect, and even like a lot of times, even writers I like, sometimes it's like there can be like a disconnect in certain one books when like you know just the the artist shifts, and it's just like, eh, something feels off now. It's just it, it, yeah. it's not it's not as personal and so on like that. You know, it's uh another book that's always a big one to me. You know, especially for Pizza Boys is uh anything that Terry Moore does, the guy who did Strangers in Paradise. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I love that one because he's just like pretty much does it all himself. It's kind of the slice of life kind of murder mystery stuff thrown in there. And I think that uh, you you just feel a lot more when there's just those like almost like a little bit more pure creators and so on. And even when totally. it gets down to like indie books, like one thing that's kind of a I feel like it's a definite like tough choice to make is when you get guys that they want to write, but then they kind of buy an artist. And something I don't know what I hate to sort of say. It's not saying that there's like that can't be done, but. Sometimes it's like, if it's not like, it's different if it's like, hey, I want to write a story and my buddy over here is going to draw it. We're kind of in together on a, pro that works really well because now you get a team. Oh yeah. I, I, but I when you start to get a guy works. who's, you know, on the other side of the earth drawing it for you, I feel like there's sometimes a disconnect in those books too. Like there's something that always feels kind of off. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like yeah, soul's yeah. missing is almost like the, the I don't know, the way I guess <laughs> you say it. And it's not saying the book can't be good, but you just, there's it's something, once again, it comes back to like an uncanny thing. Yeah, I think I think that's 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 totally fair. The the book that I just finished actually is like a, is was a collaboration, and it was the mm -hmm. first one I ever did. Where where um, I have so the the publisher that I go go through in comics where where everything I've, I've been publishing through, um, and uh, so the the kind of main guy at Lesser Known Comics uh, are kind of like CEO or I, I don't know he has like an official title <laughs> but uh, his name is Mark and he wrote this book and back when I first we I first like pitched it's a horror show and like and publishing books with him and stuff like that we had discussed like working together and doing something because he was he, he liked my art style and I was mm -hmm. like yeah I think that'd be a lot of fun so he kind of wrote this book with me in mind of like of what like playing to to what I like to draw and my strengths and stuff like that. And so then we like had a couple of meetings where we pounced ideas back and forth about like the book and stuff like that. And before I even like really put pen to paper and started drawing the thing. Um, and so then when I, I drew it, I felt like I, I really understood the story as like a creator of like, you know, this is part of part of me now. And it wasn't just to like, a, here's the script 
go forth monkey and <laughs> yeah. you know do it like do it just like this do not stray you know i had like a lot of leeway to be like i'm just gonna go ahead and, and cut that <laughs> and, and edit and so i was like making edits and and stuff like that as as i was working on the book and i had a lot more freedom to do it and i think mm -hmm. as a result like i'm really proud of of, of what what this book turned into uh, it's going to be released for baltimore it's called dead and still dying um, mm -hmm. and it's, it's a, it's a, just like kind of a fun story of this like group of kids, um, who kind of encounter this, this witch and it's, it's, it's got very stranger things, Goonies vibes. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, but, but as a result of like that working, you know, uh, a relationship where it wasn't just like I was handed something and, and told you got to do it just like this, you know, <laughs> it was very much like that. It was like a conversation to get to the art. Uh, and to get to that kind of finish point. And I think that that's, again, where those projects and stuff like that, like I have to imagine like good duos, you know, like mm -hmm. I don't think there's, you know, there's tons of really great duos out there. Like I think uh, Frank Quitely and, and Grant Morrison are a, a phenomenal duo. But yep. I, I can't imagine that Grant Morrison just hands Frank Quietly a script and it's just like, <laughs> just do it like this. I'm, I, I have to imagine there's like back and forth, you know what I mean? And, and I think that like, it's gotta be that kind of working relationship that like yields the really cool projects. And like the, 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 you know, where the artist understands the story, not just as like, this is my job, I have to execute this, but it's like, this is also my passion. I want to execute this story with my friend, you know? Um, and I think that that's where those collaborations are better for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the key thing is I think just like your project, you're, you're all involved in it there. I think it's that one where there's just the people that are like almost work for hires and that's kind yeah, of about all yeah, they yeah. are. And it's not saying anything against it. I'm not saying that that could totally work out too. I think, yeah, like, I, th yeah I think so. But I do think I, it is definitely a, a roll of the dice though, for like when it comes to some of the indie books though, as I, I will say just some yeah. of the ones I've seen along the way that I'm not, you know, you know, I know some guys is like, that's what they're going with. And, you know, if, if that's your plan of action by all means, but sometimes just make sure that the, the soul is still there and it doesn't just kind of feel yeah. like a, a, you know, <laughs> so some people they, they can, you know, it's not that they don't draw real well, but there's like almost like kind of a, it, it even happens in sometimes some of the off like Marvel and DC books, like the ones that aren't like the main ones where I always feel like, I always call it like the, generic comic book artwork it's the one that looks yeah. like somebody went to school and passed all their classes and did a great job and knows so how like to that. do it yeah but they're, they're they're missing like the characteristics that like almost like is what makes artwork sometimes kind of cool like in a sense yeah. the guys that like i would almost say are better artists tech are technically worse artists but their artwork looks more <laughs> yeah. unique I, you know what i mean yeah, yeah. yeah I, I totally agree i think the first time i ever really recognized that in like uh in, in like a, one of the big two was this issue of robin and i don't even know why i picked it up i just like picked up this book and, and bought it and i was like looking mm -hmm. at artwork and i was like man it just feels like whoever drew this just just straight up phoned it in just did not <laughs> you know and it's a like good you know the drawings are like competent drawings like yeah. there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with them but they're just like they're just not interesting <laughs> it's just yeah. like it, 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 they just clocked in and clocked out on this book you know and, and it's yeah and i think that that's what happens when you have so many books and yeah you're right it's not like they're doing the next batman which like they get the rock stars to do those books you know they uh it's just like they get these like side characters and like okay we got to release x amount of titles this year and we're doing this one and just all right just give it to this you know to this newbie or or you know the the guy who's on salary to just like he's yeah. got a contract got to do whatever book we tell him to 
And I think that's what sometimes happens. And it's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's why, like, I tend to, when I go into a comic book shop now, gravitate all the way to indie books and especially the more experimental, weirder, small press stuff, the better. I, I think there's just more interesting stuff going on than the, the big guys that are get that these you know big contracts to do it and stuff like that. And it just, yeah. And I just, I don't see a whole lot of soul happening in it, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's an intangible that like some people care about and some people are like, yeah, but it's, it's, it's Batman or, or, or whatever, you know, and they're willing to forgive a lot of that stuff. And I, and you know, I think when you get to do it yourself and see that kind of stuff, you're, you're, you're more inclined to like, I'm going to be selective and, and grab the stuff that I think actually is, is resonating with me versus just like, this you know this this random you know title by a jobber you know mm-hmm. yeah and a lot of times i feel you just there's so many books you gotta cherry pick everything you know pick what really stands out to you don't worry about having to keep up with anything and so on like that you know i, I hate to always say it, but like as far as superhero books goes i probably could stick to all the old ones till the end of time and i still would have more than <laughs> yeah. enough stuff to read and be you, you know what i mean like it's like one of those ones we we have enough histor- history of all that stuff that like you could live off so many of those older books and have all the great stories and all kinds of stuff and yeah and then by the time you you read through them if anything you'd be you have to reread them again anyways because you went through so much you know so yeah it is that totally. kind of that one um it's funny though to go to a comic book store. And I like to ask them like, "Hey, where's your?" I was I call it the te- the indie test, and I go, "Where's your uh, indie books at?" And if they take me to Image, I go, "No, no, 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 no. Image is that's not, not, let's be like look at look at all the people that are working at Image. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. all big name guys from Marvel and DC. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they get to go no, do yeah. oh, yes. their own little thing. I'm not saying they're bad because you know the Image has great books, but I always think it's funny when people say or they'll say like Dark Horse or something. It's like dark horse like everything they have is licensed <laughs> how is an yeah. aliens book in, like indie you know or idw yeah. it's like power rangers that's indie like it's always people no, like how do you sure. get a job yeah. here <laughs> <laughs> what do you got when they when they yeah when when that's what, what's in the indie selection and stuff like that and you're like no <laughs> I, I i like when the comic book shop like has it uh spaced out to like you know um you have your big two and and they put that in a section but they separate it so it's like okay there's a big two i'm like okay perfect i don't have to yeah. go over there unless i'm really hard up or there's like you know it, uh, it like again sometimes like there's an indie artist who will do like a book in the big two i'll be like okay i'm gonna grab that because i think that's gonna be rad uh mm-hmm. but other than that like i'll just move to the other side and then when they when they when they space it out to have like your small press section i'm like okay this is home. <laughs> this is where I want to be, you know, because now I know they're not that we're not talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies We're we're talking like, you know, in some cases, you know, maybe a couple hundred copies of of mm-hmm. these books ever made. And like these are the you know, these are guys that you need need that money, like need that support. Uh, and, and, you know, and and I think it ends up you end up getting more wild books they're just like how how did i miss this how was this you know under my radar um that i i didn't even see it come out and and it's it ends up being more fun to get those books you know and i think uh, too the other thing that i, I end up like buying so many more books on kickstarter right now like mm-hmm. one i i end up launching a lot of my you know our, our projects through lesser and comics get launched via kickstarter 
um, which I think is, is a good way to connect with, with readers and stuff like that. And I think it works, um, mm -hmm. but end up, you end up, you know, scrolling around on, on Kickstarter and you see some projects you're like, Oh shit, this looks cool. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> this is what I want to read, you know? And so I think that like, uh, if, if comic book shops want to keep up with where I think like the, the, the actual indie industry is heading, they got to be pushing more of that small press stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, plus too, cause you get some comic book shops too, and they get weird about indie comic books. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa we, we don't want any indie comic books here. And you're like, Dude, like, what do you got yeah, to lose? I hate to sort of say it. You're running a, it's, you're acting like you're Walmart, and I came in here asking you to sell my book or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's kind of bizarre that some places, yeah, that they just they they won't like they just don't want to have indie whatsoever. Like, they're like, no, 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 we like, you know. And then it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, like, you know, IDW as far as we're gonna go, you know, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> we, we carry a copy on Ani Press books, you know, but <laughs> you yeah. Know? It's so it's so wild, like, and I think that sometimes the smaller area you you're you're in, that's that's kind of what you run up against too. You know, like I know there's so there's a there's in Montana there's only a handful of comic book stores. There's just not yeah. a whole lot out there, you know. And so, but when I go to larger cities and whatnot, there's you get your 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 pick. And so I will always like look ahead of time, like, okay, do they take you know, are they are they selling indie books or not? And if they're not, I'm like, okay, I'm not. I don't know that I'm gonna waste my time going to a, a store that actually doesn't sell them. Yeah. Um, one of the stores that I, I love, and it's because they don't, they don't sell any of like the, they don't go through Diamond, they don't go through Penguin, they don't do any of that stuff. But it's a comic book store, and it's out in um, Seattle, and it's called Push Pull, and they only do small press and like zines, and it's That's like cool. a total, and, and it's it's great. You go in there, and you're like, man, I've never seen this anywhere. And uh, uh, and you see some stuff that was like just made in house by like you know people in like a workshop or just living around the corner and just like selling some like some cheap zines and stuff like that. And like I went in there, I just like came out with this fat stack of comics. I was like I you know because it was stuff that I was like man, I've never seen this before, and I'm I'm gonna love it, you know, because it's mm -hmm. it's it's somebody pouring their heart and soul into something versus just someone just clocking in, clocking out, you know. Yeah, and it's just it's just such a bummer. Like it's like I, I kind of hate to sort of say it with so many of those stories too. It's like, what do you got to lose? Like all you gotta do is put put one spinner rack. Like you you have everybody has floor space for that. Like don't don't give me yeah, that excuse. Totally. Just, yeah. <laughs> you can just do one spinner rack that just has pure indie on it. Like you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like you yeah, know, get, like, you know, where's your local? You know, let's get like get, let's get the local spinner rack of, of of dudes that are local putting out comics you know that would be so like it would be so amazing and you're right like i i rarely see that in, in yeah. shops it's and i think the ones rare. that i do it, when i do it's just like okay this is a haven <laughs> you know yep. this is a good one like all right i will remember this shop for forever they're you know they always have my business um yeah and then the, and the ones where they just like no that's not our thing it's like why why, why yeah. isn't it your thing? It's the, it's, well, I, I, I just, yeah, to it me, I just don't, I just don't get it. Like, it's like, it's almost like they give you sometimes a look like you're asking them to sell pornographic videos there or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, you, you would just think a comic book store would be the first place that would be pretty darn. And it's, it's a mom and pop place. It's not like we're asking at places that are like, you know, like you know, borders or something like that, you know, yeah. it's one of those ones. It's just, it's so bizarre that like, yeah, so many places will, turn down indie stuff and a lot of times for me i'm like oh you don't like indie okay i guess i won't ever see you guys again i'll go yeah, to the next yeah. guy and buy books from him you know no totally totally yeah you know 
Because that's just one of those ones, yeah. Because even like when I go to Comic Cons, like that's always the first thing I always want to look for is I want to find books, like where I go, where is where is a book that I can't find anywhere else? I mean, yeah, maybe I could find it online, yeah. but I'd have to specifically know where to search for it. Like that's what makes Comic Cons right. kind of fun. So that's what kind of bummed me out for a while when Comic Cons were like, man, there's no comic book people at any of these mm-hmm. ones for the most part, sure. you know? Because like that was that to me seems like the cool thing. Like I've always wanted to start a Comic Con that was one of those ones where it was just all indie creators whether you be a writer or an artist but that was all it is you sell it that way so that people know what they're getting into like no yeah, action figures no, no funko yeah. pops no memorabilia none of that stuff there's a time and a place for that but you're coming just specifically to meet you know indie creators writers all that kind of stuff do the meet and greet find some new books you can't find anywhere else I always thought that would be a cool one to have. It's just you, you would you could yeah. do it on a small scale. You don't it doesn't really have to be that big. If you had twenty five guys, there you go. That that that's enough for an event. Like they, believe me, that's more than like some of the biggest cons I've ever seen in California. Like the amount of comic book people that have been there. So that's wild. Yeah, I mean, even at the, the at Comicverse Con, I I I think there was maybe like I want to say like five five or six that were actually like indie comic creators and everything else was was more or less collectibles and again like yeah you know i think they they sold themselves as as that kind of a a, an event and stuff and it totally made sense but i was like yeah it was kind of like hoping that there would be more more creators here you know it was kind of weird that there there wasn't a bigger show of that but yeah i mean something like that uh, of like um just a huge you know swatch of just creators you know, yeah. and, and you'd have to find the right city and all that, you know, da, 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 da. but I, I think, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think something like that would be really cool to put on and, and to have. Um, I mean, I would go to that. <laughs> that's what I mean, like, because to me, that feels like that's 100 <laughs> percent like, especially before I even had a comic book, like that, that was the main thing I looked for when I went to Comic-Cons. I, that, that's what I wanted to find. So the idea that like, yeah, and as I said, if as long as you advertise it that way, so everybody kind of knew what they were getting into. I think that would be kind of a cool one. And and if anything, you could always throw in novelist or anything like that. I'd be like that, that would be fine. Like they, they could go in there if yeah, they want to, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, you can't resell stuff. You can't buy things off AliExpress and sell it, you know, cause that's the thing is like, there's so many places where you see someone's boop and you go, did you literally just print all that off the internet? Like, like it's like, you could at least draw Goku. Like, come on, guys. As I say, it's like, it's like, it's like even fan art. I got a little bit of a mixed feeling about too. Sometimes it's like, it's not the right. If you, if you got a couple of you know pictures around your booth or whatever, you did some extra drawing, nothing wrong there. But I think when someone like, that's all they have, it's like, there's just like 50 images in the back that are just, you just drew pictures, you know, from TV shows and stuff and selling that. Like, First and foremost, let's, let's all be honest. That that is illegal in some ways, but it's one of those weird things that gets yeah. let slide. But sometimes yeah, I it's like find a it weird like, gray area in, in in comic book shows, right? It's just like, oh, okay, so like it, you know, we've been warned about like don't do this, and then like in comic book shows, I guess it's kind of fine. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just like they, they just bizarre. let it go. And, and the way I always kind of look at, I kind of call it like it's like cheating in a weird way, because like that's the thing. It's like you're cheating for people's attention instead of actually producing something that like is here's a real brand new story. Here's something unique. Here's yeah. something independently made, you know, and so on like that, you know, and then you're super cheating when you also just print things offline and slap it into different things and say it's <laughs> yours. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the one that you know, it blows my mind that those, that those booths like still just exist every single time I go to a comic con. 
I, I think you know when you're when you're a creator and artist and stuff like that um and to make your own thing and to like trust that people will like respond to it and be into it and and like what you're doing there's like this this it's it's scary you know there there's like this this leap of faith you have to take that like people are going to like what you make you know mm-hmm. and then like, what you what you come up with you know if you draw like a drawing of captain america and you're competent at drawing captain america captain america and you rinse and repeat and just do it over and over and over again or other superheroes or, or other characters whatever right like you you're you're you don't have to put yourself out there as much you know you, yeah. you kind of hide behind like um this character that everybody knows and so maybe it feels like that's like a safer way to make a buck and you know and, and to sell that kind of stuff but I, I think that like um i think that people respond to just put yourself out there make the mm-hmm. thing that you want you know tell tell, tell me your story and and I you know and that's that's the stuff that I get into and when I go, go to like a, a a show or whatever I'm just like yeah just tell me your story like I I don't, I don't necessarily care if you can draw Superman or Batman like that that's cool there's you know 20 yeah. guys here <laughs> who can do that uh, <laughs> but like what, what what's the character you draw what's what you know what's where where does your mind go and I, I want to see that and you know and, and and to be fair some of those those dudes that do the fan art stuff. It, it can be fun and I, and I, and you know, I, mm-hmm. I like some of that stuff and, you know, maybe they do like cool techniques or do it in, in a different way. That's not seen. And, you know, I think there's, there's space for that, but like, I, I, I truly think that like doing a, um, putting yourself out there and making something new that's like just yours, I think is, is, I don't know. I, it's just, it's so much more exciting to me than, than, <laughs> than just seeing another drawing of Superman. Yeah, it, it, like that, you know? it, it, it's, there's not anything unique or anything. But the one thing I will say is like when people do something, realize like once they see your book and then they realize it is your book and it's not like something else, there is that science reaction like, oh, oh, you make this? And like yeah. that, that's no, always the cool is. one. Or like, I think that like the, the downfall is because like they've allowed so much of that fan artwork to be in there. I think people think that that's what everything is. I think that's, yeah. I hate to start saying it, but the average Joe, I think is associated comic cons with, it's just a bunch of fan artwork and AliExpress stuff. And you know, all, all these things that are, you know, kind of there. And so when they do see it, sometimes there is that reaction they get where they, they jump back and it kind of blows their mind for a split second that like somebody can actually physically yeah, draw this whole book on their own. Yeah, I, and it, it's crazy that you mentioned that. I got that when I was when I was in Sacramento. There was like several people who 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 were just like, "Oh wait, this is your book? You made this?" And it's like, "Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah." yeah. That's, you know, I got a banner back here. It says my name. It says the book title. It's like, yes, that's that's me. That's what I did. I made this thing, and and yeah, it's it's almost like the expectation that you're just like second marketing or something. You know, what I mean, it's just like. Oh yeah, I bought this off the rack. I just bought like sixty copies of this one book. <laughs> I'm, I'm just selling it aftermarket, you know. And it's it's like how did yeah that became the norm in in a yeah. way of just like of that. I the the, the thing that I, I I saw that I was just like blown away by was you know there there was some like kind of you know there was a couple of people that were like voice actors and stuff like that at the con, which was like kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. But I saw like people bringing in like like uh, uh, wagons full of toys and stuff like that and, and books and posters and stuff to have those people sign, not because that's their collection, but because they're going to go resell that collection. Yep. And I, I like, I wasn't ready for that. I didn't like, I was like, I wasn't clocking that that was a thing <laughs> and just, and see like Pete person after person with these truckloads of stuff. 
and then realizing that like you know the, the the people who are signing autographs sometimes were charging upwards of like sixty dollars per autograph and they're like well i'm not gonna get all this stuff signed and you're like yeah yeah i i, I wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't either yeah. 500 things you know <laughs> holy cow I remember that was a big uh, shocker. The very first time I ever went to a Comic Con was, you know, was, I was it was a big Sacramento one. Um, the first time I ever went, and that thing that you paid fifty bucks to get in the door, and then you kind of like when you go up, you go, oh, every all these guys are charging like thirty to fifty bucks to like shake their hand or take a picture with them or something like that. Like that to me was like a mind blowing. Like what? Like I already paid fifty dollars yeah. to get in, and they want more money from me? I already bought their movies more. and someone like that. Like how much more do they need? Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> like like that to me, I was like, it got to the point where like. You know, like I remember the first, the first person I saw is I saw Lou Ferrigno. I just ran up to him, like, and I, the lady's like, "Oh, it's thirty dollars for a photo or, or for a, you know, or for like an autograph." I was like, "Can I just shake his hand?" And it was so early in the day. She's like, "I think it was like the one was like, eh, whatever, go for it." And then I went, "Hey, Lou Ferrigno, what's going on? I'm so glad to meet you. I love you and Pumping Iron and all that kind of stuff." And like, yeah. you can see he shook my hand. He was all like, "Cool," but you know, like he would have been much happier if I had thirty bucks in my hand. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think yeah, it's just it's it's kind of wild. Like you pay for that entrance fee. I'm like, okay, but what is that entrance fee actually paying for? Is it just like the event, or what? Because everything after that point costs money. You know, nothing. You go to a con, it is is nothing's free. You know, I expected to go to a con and just be like, yeah, you're gonna get swag. You know, like some of that stuff. No, 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 no. Yep. <laughs> Very. That's that's super rare. Like, you know, uh, I think that there's a couple booths that will do that. And and I I, I um. That's one of the things that like my publisher is is great at is like we print off a lot of swag, you know, and mm -hmm. so we have like at our booths like a lot of free stuff. Like we print off postcards and bookmarks and stuff like that that we can give give to people that have our like emails or whatever on them and stuff like that. And I think that like when you when you give anybody something free to come, it was like, what? <laughs> free? <laughs> and it's like because it's that's not the norm by any means. They're totally expecting like, okay. How much does this cost? No, 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 no. You don't get it. This is this is just for you. It's free. I'm not asking you to spend thirty dollars. You're good. <laughs> and they're just like not. They're they're not expecting that. You know. <laughs> yeah. It, so like I remember there was um I'm trying to blank on his name right now, but uh, he was a artist for Green Lantern, and I remember running up to him at like the original Comic Con I went to, and it was like, oh man, I really want to meet this guy. So I was like, oh, you you get that thing like, well, I don't want to like at the if he, if he wants money, it's maybe not that. I remember like he's like. He's like, just come on up. I'll sign it for you. And like, we were like going to our wallets. Like, dude, don't don't worry about it. I'm, I'm just gonna sign the book for you. Like, I was like, dude, what a cool guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need, need more stuff <laughs> like that. You know, yeah, because that's the weird thing is you, you get to that point where like you see somebody like that'd be cool for us to meet. Not thirty dollars, cool though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna spend money on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, for they're sure. Not and that I think cool. that like, I think that like you know you you get a lot of creators who are like totally fine and like they're like yeah no I'm not going to charge you for this and then you know you, like it was it was crazy I was at uh, New York Comic Con last year just as like a fan and uh, you know they would have some of these big name artists in there like Jim Lee and stuff like that was signing and the line was like crazy long and you had to pay to like go get his book signed and just to meet him in general and yeah. I was like okay I don't know that I'm going to do that. And then, like across the uh, you know convention hall, I see Klaus Jansen, and he's signing books. And I like, and I'm like, okay. And no one was in line for Klaus. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> no one's on. in line for Klaus. And I went over, and like we had like a, a, a like a 10, 15 minute conversation. And he ended up signing my book, and 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 drew like a little sketch of Batman for me, free. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, dude, this was class shit. Like I put him higher than Jim Lee in my in, in my mind. Uh, but like, and so it's just like you you know you you don't know who's going to be that person that's like who's charging and who's not and who decides this. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of it's, it's a- wild. It's a weird one because it's like, yeah, it's like it's you know, it's one of those ones because like, that's how it sort of should be. Like, let's be honest, all the people that coming up to you in line have already spent quite a bit of money probably on you in the past. Like, yeah, it's totally. almost like supposed to be like you did. It needs to be almost the other way around where it's like I'm thanking you guys for buying yeah, stuff. Thank you for just you know for being a fan for this long and like you know and stuff. I'm here to like kind of yeah. pay that forward in a way, and it's just like that's not that's not what it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it's such a weird one that like, yeah, it's just it's just one of those ones where, you know, yeah, it's, there's very few people that I would even like even consider paying. But a lot of times I just look and go, oh, there's that person, there's that person. Oh, that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. Hey, look. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like a lot of times you just kind of go up and you can stand, <laughs> yeah, you can stand like at the edge of like the gate and you're like, well, there they are 25 feet away. Yeah, eh, that's that's probably yeah. just as good as meeting them. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. If I get in line, what am I going to do? It's not like I'm going to have a conversation with him or anything like that. Yeah, that's going to be like anything life changing and stuff like that. And especially if it's somebody that you admire, it's just like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) there's a chance that's not going to go well. You know, uh, they're not going to live up to your expectation, whatever. But 25 feet away, yeah, they look yeah. just fine. Yeah, there they go. It's a perfect place, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so some of those kind of bizarre things like that, and so on. But um, yeah, it, was, it would just be kind of nice if these comic cons like almost promoted like the you know the indie comics and you know all just comic books in general. I feel just a little bit higher up. Like it's even like some of just like the smaller conventions. Like sometimes I feel like you shouldn't charge the entry fee for the indie comic books the same price that you charge for the guys selling merchandise that they can just buy from <laughs> yeah. anywhere. Like I, I feel yeah. like it's one of those ones. Like I have a buddy in England who makes comic books. Uh, Craig Johnson. He makes one called Project Savior, and what he told me is like in england for all the comic cons there like you pay like 25 pounds to reserve your booth they give you that money back when you show up that that's all it is because they they want the just to hold it it's just to hold it so but but indie comic book people seem to be treated like in a nice higher regard there where it's like god that that's the way it should be like i hate to sort of say but like (laughs) i shouldn't be paying the same price for a booth that a guy who's going to be selling a bunch of stuff out of his garage you know what i mean like that seems kind of it's not we're, we're never going to make the same amount of money but it's like the guy yeah no. he, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. just logistics like what will you know so it's i think no, it, there also needs to be a little bit more indie appreciation you know what i mean like it should be that yeah, one you know, like, like tears you know there should be, yeah, indie should comic. be like, let's keep the let's keep the comics in the comic con let's give you know the, the you know these cats just a little bit of a little bit of a break you know uh instead of like the yeah the guys who are just gonna have a big booth that they're just gonna sell you know 20 action figures and make what i made the entire weekend you know yeah they got they got pikachu staffed animals for days they're 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 gonna sell them all you know (laughs) yeah it's it's that kind of stuff that i feel like the tier needs almost kind of go up from like indie you know comic book creators fan artists and then like (laughs) merchandisers you know and so on but yeah, yeah, it's a weird system that it's kind of got locked into that I, I feel almost needs to be like, you know, stirred up a little bit and just a little bit new uh, blood being point, thrown yeah. in because, yeah, it, it's almost become too much, you know, and it's over breached and everything. 
Yeah, no. It's yeah. not saying that there can't be good cons, but I just feel like, yeah, you just don't know. Like what I do when I go to a Comic-Con now is I kind of try to look at like the other people that have already signed up. I go, how many people are books? You know what I mean? That's my key thing. Comics or novels, I don't care. I feel like the novel guys probably have even a harder time than we do. For <laughs> yeah. all, all the struggles that like indie comic people do, like, yeah, I feel like the guy, I always see if someone has like a 400-page novel, I go, Man, that's got to be it. If I have a hard time finding people that read, you really got to have a hard time finding people that read. That's what yeah, I think I about. Totally. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, like, I always get, like, you know, I mean, like, those, the novelists, by all means, like, you know, power to them and so on. But, yeah, I, I would like to just see a little bit more indie appreciation at kind of things like that. Because that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I just, I, you know, I mean, sometimes like that thing that, like, you, you got to get that extra, all the exposure you can. And even like, I always thought what a cool thing to do would be to have like, you know, where like in a Comic-Con you sort of, you know, when they say separate different sections and so on like that, like sometimes they have mm-hmm. Artist Alley, which mostly just means fan art. And then they have like merchandise. So they really should have an indie section where like, it, like give it a banner that says, hey, indie comic books right here. You know exactly yeah. what you're getting into when you walk in. Group them all together because I always think it's weird when they don't group them together too. Because, yeah, and everybody's kind of all over the place, totally. Yeah, because that, that's yeah. always a bizarre one too because if, if, if you sit next to two fan artists, I think people think that you must be a fan artist too. They just don't know what your material is. <laughs> like, and no, that's, yeah, that's totally. the worst and part I, I there. Think that, that's it makes it even even harder in some ways. But if you're next to like three or four other creators, I can see that it's just like, yeah, you're yeah, you're, yeah. People get it. It's just like, okay, yeah. oh, okay, these are <laughs> they made these books. <laughs> it, it, it makes sense and so on. So I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those ones. I would love to see more of that kind of stuff there. And you know, ho- hopefully, I think it, like people will kind of get it at some point. And go, okay, we 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 need to kind of these things have sort of gotten out of control we, we need to kind of reel them in a bit and so on yeah. you know and try some new tactics and whatnot and you know i think for a lot of indie books too I, I still think sometimes like trying to find people online and you know getting stuff that way does help out a lot because you're getting direct to readers and so on like that totally. you know yeah. almost in a weird way you might almost find more stuff that way I know there's all kinds of, you know, you got like webtoons and so on there, but that to me, I like, it almost feels that so completely, it's almost like a, a third format that like, it's not really <laughs> yeah. comic books. It's not really manga anymore. And now it's in its own yeah, thing. That it's, it, own thing totally. it's yeah. You, you almost have to, you almost have to make your book in that mindset before you even start it. Like, it's like, it doesn't totally, really work yeah. well if you want to have your book as a print book, you, you know, you can't really have both in a sense. It's one or the other. Mm-hmm. So I feel that one. And then if you ever a, see, if you ever see something that was made in that format and then it goes to print, like granted there are good examples of that, but like there are plenty of examples of where like, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, that, that format's off. <laughs> like, yeah, this was meant to be like, I was meant to be able to zoom into this and see it in infinite, you know? And as soon as it gets printed, it's just like flat. And now it's, it's nope, it's not what it was. Yeah. Um, and you know, I still like print, you know, yep. uh, um, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't like, my job is on the screen, you know, like, you know, as a teacher and stuff, I'm constantly doing stuff on screen and answering emails all day. And so the last thing I want to do is to, for enjoyment's sake, is just like, well, let's, let's just look at my computer screen more. You know, yep. I want to, I want to hold the thing. No, I understand. Yeah. That's, that's even the same way I feel about video games. Like, yeah, like, you know, computer games are fine and all that stuff, but I feel like I, I need to separate from the computer after working on it a bunch and go play video oh, games totally. on a console. You know, they, there's, <laughs> yeah. there, there's a transfer that needs to kind of happen there and yeah. whatnot. But, but yeah, I mean, all kinds of good stuff in there. And Jade, I know it's getting a little bit later on your end out there, so I don't want to hold you up too much. 
But uh, where is the good place that everybody can go to get your books and your information? Yeah, sure. So my Instagram handle is just at Jade Louder. Um, and there you can find links to current Kickstarter projects and my Patreon and stuff like that, where I release new pages from books uh, every Monday or try to <laughs> as much as I possibly can. Uh, and then in terms of getting the actual print books in your hand, uh, you can go to lesserknowncomics.com and you can find all the other books that we print there in addition to my books, It's a Horror Show, and Coming Soon, Dead and Still Dying. Awesome. Well, all kinds of fun stuff there. Jay's got amazing artwork that I think is definitely a must check out. I love it. I love the black and whiteness. I love the rockabilly punk horror stuff. I mean, it, it sold me on that one right off the bat. Like I was like, no, this is cool. This is my kind of book, you know? So I look forward to more stuff that you bring out and then uh, maybe we'll even get, maybe we'll just happen to run into a comic con again. You never know. Yeah. Even though I know, yeah, I, totally. even though I know we're, we're, we're much more separated than I initially thought we were. But. <laughs> you know, in, in my, Montana, any any place that you want to go to do a Comic Con, you have to travel. So, like, um, I, I think there will be the comics cons in the future where I'll have to go to the West Coast for sure. So, yeah, there, I think there's a good chance. She, gosh, that's how I felt just being over in Yosemite. I was like, I felt like I was always the guy that had to travel everywhere. It's like everything's a two-hour drive for me just to get out to any place. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. there, there's no such thing as something close. No comic book store, no Comic Cons, all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. you, yeah. you just get used the to that closest... travel. The closest comic book store to me is two hours away. That's the same for me. That's literally the closest one. Exactly two hours, like on the dot. But um, but yeah, you know, that's okay. That's just kind of what happens. Gives gives good places for creativity and creation and all that stuff. But Jade, thanks for coming on. We got to do this again. We we had a good old time here. I felt like as well as when we talk all kinds of stuff. We can talk movies and all sorts of stuff next time. We didn't even get to any of that kind of stuff. I was going to say, hey, what what the movies inspired you? I saw that you got the horror themes there. I mean, like that feels like a subject in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Next time, let's let's, let's just chug through the horror movies. (laughs) I think that sounds like a good good time. I'm all down for that. Well, till then, you can always go to oldmanorange.com where you'll find all the podcasts I do via VHS, Old Man Orange Podcast, of course, Spencer Scott Holmes Podcast, and then Pizza Boys Comics, got that up there with all the old animations, videos, all that kind of fun stuff. Till then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes with special guest. uh, I'm Jade Louder. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you some other time.